your second act. The podcast that proves that life doesn't have to end at 40 or 50 or even 60. Because when it comes to living your best life, age is just a number. Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of your second act. What I really love about making this podcast is I really get to connect with women from all walks of life and also different cultures and exploring their varied approaches to aging is truly inspiring and interesting. And today's guest is Isabella, an Italian health and wellness coach. I really enjoyed our conversation as she generously shares a unique perspective of Italian women on aging and the secrets of that delicious Italian diet. We explore the significance of quality, simplicity, and the joy of sharing meals with company. So from our chat, it seems that Italian middle-aged women are incredibly comfortable in their bodies, confidently rocking bikinis on that beach in midlife, and I just think that is amazing. So here's to embracing the Italian flair for living life to the fullest. But before we get into her episode, please remember to rate and review this episode. So now, welcome to Isabella's Second Act. Welcome, Isabella, to your second act all the way from London. Thank you so much for waking up early to join me on this podcast. So welcome. Hi, Michelle. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I'm um, I'm really excited to speak because with your unique background as an Italian married to a fellow Aussie, which you clearly must have very good taste, um, your expertise as a health and wellness coach I'm really intrigued by the perspective of Italian women on aging, considering the significant role that culture plays in shaping our views on the aging process. Like, would you say you find it a big difference in how Italian women approach aging compared to, say, non-European women? Oh, I I think so. I mean, um, you know, uh, I have um, I have lived abroad for the last twenty to twenty five years, so I I can't. Um, I don't want to generalize too much because, you know, yeah. um, being Italian and, and having traveled a lot, I often get um, uh, put in front of a lot of, uh, not prejudice, but, you know, sort of um, common common um, ideas about what Italians do or look like, <laughs> things yes. like that. So I don't want to do it, do the same to um, to other nationalities. But sure. um as an as an Italian um, that has been living uh, well here in England for the last twenty years, um, I can see, and I've always, you know, having um, been a as you said a health health and wellness coach. Now, I can see that my perspective is often very different from uh, um, all the in in the wellness industry from all the sort of fads that seem to come along um in in general i would say that aging in italy is probably more natural it's you know in in every aspect um it's considered a normal part obviously of uh, of a person's life and as you as we know uh, you know aging is a privilege because you Absolutely. know we know what what the other side is um yeah. and i you know i, I don't want to to comp- 
fair to do a comparison, but as an Italian woman, I would say probably Italian women are more inclined to do less intervention, um, both physically and, um, you know, also, also mentally, probably it's a different way of embracing it. Um, there's less plastic surgery, probably, and, and this is not uh, a judgment on, you know, people that do have it, but um, definitely where I come from, which is a smaller town in Italy, that's what it is. If you probably go to bigger towns like Rome and Milan, I would say it's more um, similar to London or New York and things like that. Um, I would say that we tend, as Italians, we tend to look after ourselves with care and um as as you probably know italians love fashion and uh, um yeah a woman of a certain age doesn't stop loving uh you know to dress up to to sort of look the best that she can uh without going overboard probably i would say um you know a bit like i, I would say i see the same tendencies with the french with French yeah. women loving all the beauty products, you know, like the creams and the, the makeup. Um, yeah, that that uh, that I would say is the main difference. Also, you know, it's uh, wrinkles are not demonized; they're sort of uh, uh, seen as a sign of, uh, I would say, a life well lived. <laughs> yeah, wisdom. Yeah, wrinkles are wisdom, aren't they? Um, <laughs> And in general, probably, in general, without, um, you know, as, as a mentality, I would say Italians in general, and this is not just women, um, you know, they are, um, they love their sort of lifestyle. They they indulge. Um, talking about diets, often, often people ask me, oh, but, um, you know, people that come from other countries come and say, oh, you know, in general, Italian women are in quite in, well, good shape. Um, and I would say there's no, I, I, I'm trying to rack my brain thinking about my friends, you know, my age. Um, I wouldn't say people are not following fads, you know, it's, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with all the sort of last uh, fads that come across from from the states. Normally, it's like the keto diet or the you know yeah. fasting and um, the paleo diet. Of course, you know in in my job, I I obviously um, know about it, and and they do have their th- therapeutic um, applications and. Um, you know, there is a place to probably use them. But in general, um, I would say in Italy, people don't really follow particular diets. If if my friends need to lose a few pounds, they'll cut the bread. Uh, you know, yeah. they make the portions smaller. Yeah, yeah. They, they walk more. It's just... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I do sometimes wonder, is it because they're more comfortable in their own skin? Maybe... I think, I don't know about in the UK, but it's probably the same in Australia. Like we're constantly flush with what beauty is, um, especially when you're aging, you know, you've got to look a certain way. You don't want to have too many wrinkles. And that's why 
so many women are starting to embrace pro-aging because it's ridiculous. I mean, we we should be aging gracefully. I believe that whatever suits you and whatever makes you happy is what is important. So who am I to judge? But I find women, European women, have a different mindset. And I remember last time we were speaking how you were talking about women of all ages wearing a bikini on the beach. That's what I was about to say as well. That nobody, nobody's surprised to see an older woman in a bikini, you know, um, even with a bit of flesh hanging out. It's not <laughs> rolls. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not a problem. I mean, I'm a bit conflicted here because I was thinking yesterday, um, yeah. you know, Ita- Italy and Italian society in general is a bit behind in some subjects you know like yeah. uh, the me too campaign and and uh, i find that having living living outside italy and now going back sometimes i'm a bit appalled by still some <laughs> you know way of seeing women a bit chauvinistic still um right that's interesting yeah. yes uh, it's still there you know the male view of a woman yeah it, it's still a bit um yeah a bit behind and I often have um you know sort of uh not arguments but there's some nice discussions <laughs> with, with so friends and, do yeah. you find that your friends are okay with that like they just don't take it on board it doesn't bother them I think we are of a different generation. I, I, yeah. I grew up. I and like you, I I grew up with a lot of that, um, and I very sadly always thought it was normal, normal yeah. to be judged, uh, normal to be sometimes made fun of, or you know, um, hearing comments about women this and women that, and you know their physical aspect. And and even worse. I mean, I don't want to go into it, but yes, it was. It's just recently that you know, with everything that's happened, that you actually think, "Holy moly, it's wow!" <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it it was a lot, and um, it is changing. And I think the younger generation are just not standing up for it. Um, no way, fighting against it, and I'm so happy about it, but. Even without, you know, um, going to extremes, um, I think I think it's not necessarily this image of a woman that has to be young. And yes, in Italy, oh my God, Italian TV is so famous for putting, you know, half naked young women <laughs> yeah. dancing and and sort of in every uh, entertainment program. Then there's some version of it uh, still. Um, but if you talk. Like if you talk to men in general about, you know, what they find attractive in a woman of a, you know, not not necessarily middle age or a certain age, but in general, um, you definitely don't get, they don't think that women have to look 20 years old all the time. Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who's feeding us this. Um, I think it's females are feeding it, to be honest. Yes. I don't think it's men. 
I, I, I totally agree because I had a recent conversation here in London, not in Italy, with a couple of men that were saying how, you know, um, why would a woman have to inflate her lips, you know? And I said, well, I think men might find big lips attractive. And they said, that's not true. That is totally not true. And I said, well, where does it come from then? You know, I think as, unfortunately, a lot of women are doing all this to appear more attractive to men, um, obviously, if that's their interest. Um, and they say, well, no, I, I don't think men, men find that attractive at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, someone, someone once said to me, you know that women dress for women, not for men. Yeah. And I that thought... Is- and I thought, oh, yeah, I had never thought about it. Someone had told me that a long time ago, and I thought, yes, yeah, true, because <laughs> to be honest, I don't even think men would notice. They wouldn't. No. They wouldn't notice that you're wearing a beautiful jacket or a skirt. Like mm-hmm. They just wouldn't notice, but a female would. So maybe it is true. Maybe it's being fed by women, um, by having women, to look by a certain the media, way. Yes, mm. by the media, by, by maybe comparing ourselves to others. Um you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's just, it just, um, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in Italy, but definitely, um, you know, enjoying uh, the small pleasures in life, which is, you know, uh, as everybody knows, the food and, and um, you know, spending time with friends and chatting and uh, um, yeah. all the communal part of Italian life are all part of a Maybe it's it's a to, it's a different way of seeing life in general. I would say if I if I have to, um, you know, yeah. To and you've got it. the best of both worlds, Isabella, because you do spend a lot of time where you come from in Italy, and you post yeah. so many beautiful photos and videos. Um, and so you can see that you know you can see how your life changes from when you're in London to when you're in Italy. Oh, I so do, that yeah. that must be such a special gift that you have you know that you're able to do this well I think that it is a privilege and as I said I think I have a bit of a bird's view and also it's my way of seeing things very often you know you just see things a little bit from above um, and seeing the difference in uh, lifestyles and how Mm. people approach uh, things but yes you know in Italy when I go to Italy my life is a lot slower um again i come from a smaller town treviso um (laughs) it's a beautiful town i still have all my friends there you know i still see my old high school friends um my all my families there um yeah life is very uh very different i you know i there's no i i feel you know, I feel guilty making comparisons. I would say I, I make comparisons not to judge, just to to yeah. highlight highlight the differences. You know, um, of course, definitely, it's not all wonderful in Italy. If you speak to Italians, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, complaining um, about you know, obviously, always about politics, of course, but mm. you know, lifestyle uh, by seen by the eyes of a foreigner is always dreamy uh, yes there are a lot of problems you know the sort of um, um, Italians tend to be pessimistic that's one thing that I really notice uh, when I go back you know having lived I've lived here I've 
lived a bit in Australia. I've lived in the States when I was younger. Um, there's a, I don't know if it's a religious background, you know, that sort of Catholic guilt mm. that people grow up with. But, yes, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, complaining, always complaining and the feeling that things cannot get better and, oh, my God, what's going to happen and we're all going to die and, you know, like... <laughs> Life is miserable, and which is very funny if you if you then think about the joyous side of Italian lifestyle that everybody sees. But there's yeah. a lot of uh, the other side of the coin is the pessimistic way, and I'm always I don't I I am I definitely am not like that. I always when when these uh, subjects come up in conversations with my friends, I'm always the one that says, "Oh my goodness, for God's sake, no." You know, just now you can always do this and you can always do that. And they'll often say, oh, but you talk because you don't live here. And, you know, you're yeah. you don't, you're not even Italian anymore, you know. In oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of, you know, it's sort of my, my view has changed. Um, I am a hundred. It would have. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, you can absorb um, yeah. elements of the countries you live in. but. I can see both sides and um yeah it's it's a wonderful it's a privilege that I have to be able to to sort of go back and forth between two countries and um and trying to balance um you know the positives I would say of both <laughs> and what what I do love is that you post such beautiful fresh produce that is being grown in your garden over there and, and I was going to ask you you know, can you share how the Italian culture has influenced your eating style and the benefits of adopting the elements from an Italian diet in, say, our modern lifestyles? I, do you bring a lot of that into your work? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I just said that I am not Italian anymore. I, that's, <laughs> that's not true. I, that's, uh, I think a lot of people that have lived um, in different countries like I have probably identify with what I'm saying. Also, when you speak different languages, at one, you know, after a few years, you sort of lose a bit of your identity. You you acquire a different identity, but you lose, like, you know, my, my I don't feel 100% Italian anymore. And yet I'm not Australian, definitely. I'm not English. I'm not American. I'm not, you know, it's a mix of cultures that I have but what I can say is that I am 100% Italian in my approach to food um, and diet and probably seen life you know sort of uh, in general my mom I grew up with a mom that loved cooking and uh, she oh she was just a house cook but um, she loved it she loved eating (laughs) she never had any problems with food and uh, her approach to eating and and uh, you know a diet was always very healthy so I always had that that side that you know um, as a woman I think you you have a role model and I have three boys but I think it's really important for a mom for a mother to just show that side um of you know, um, eating and cooking and um, food, food relationship. As, uh, healthy, yeah, as, as, as 
part of your lifestyle without being afraid of it. I, I remember being shocked when I lived in America by how people just ate on the go, yes. often in the car. And you, I would I would dare to say that even now in Italy, you struggle to see that. Um, yeah. Of course, if, if you see office workers in big towns, they'll probably go and have a panino or something in a bar. But in general, you know, in smaller town, if you consider the average Italian family, I would say most people still go home and have a cooked lunch. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not which saying is, which is a nice tradition, isn't it? Well, it's a, you know, people would say, oh my God, how can you do that? You, you know, people don't have time to do that. And I, mm-hmm. I understand, but it's, um, it's just the idea of breaking the day by sitting down and uh, mm. actually in taking your time and enjoying some food and, and nourishing yourself, you know, without, um, then then at least you can last until dinner. So that, that I'm still very Italian in that. And also um, you said the benefits of adopting an Italian diet um, in our lifestyle, you know, now the benefits of a Mediterranean diet in general are very well known. It's been studied and researched. And I think it's even, I think experts sort of believe it's the best diet um, in regards to longevity and health. Yeah. Um, it's the taste. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know, Italian, it, it, Italian cuisine is so different. You can't just, gene- uh, just put it all under one, um, you know, one umbrella. It's uh, it's um, from north to south. It's very different. Um, yes. So I would say people in the north don't necessarily have a full one hundred percent Mediterranean diet. You'll see it more uh, in the south. Uh, but in general, the 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 main uh, points of of the way Italians eat are. Uh, uh, definitely, you know, the the care that people have when they prepare food, the love of quality. You know, I would dare to say that people would rather not eat in Italy than eat low-quality food. Yeah, of <laughs> I course. I would say that it, in general people Fast would... food, packaged yeah. food. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but even poorly prepared food, you know, it's... Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just something I, I mean and, and then it's very subjective but um yeah people do love to eat well um, and then the simplicity as well because probably people that that listen to what I've been saying think that you know you need to spend a lot of time uh in the kitchen cooking your own meals but actually a lot of a lot of Italians are not into necessarily cooking um in fact I have members of my family, well, not my family here in London, but in Italy that can't cook and don't want to cook. But yeah. you're always, I would well, maybe, you know, in Italy it's very easy to find a deli or a, a shop, even in a small town that has freshly prepared food. Um, things that I don't necessarily, you know, here probably it's more supermarket. Uh, ready yeah. meals in Italy you don't even find that at the supermarket because there are delis there are family food shops that will prepare you know ready sort of just 
freshly prepared pastas or even meat dishes that you can just go and and get to take home for dinner. Um, yeah. So I think that that's an Italian version of uh, of a microwave meal. <laughs> I don't oh. think they even exist in Italy. I might be wrong, but you know that doesn't exist. So um, yeah, it's just the importance of food of the the company also. You know, sharing sharing it, um, sitting around a table uh, with company with a good glass of wine and just and just uh, you know that that aspect of of eating together and and not seeing it as just one thing you do you know to survive but it's actually a real pleasure that that is what i strive uh you know to not teach but to probably show people even as you mentioned in on my instagram stories and my post is is just that side of uh, yeah of the culture of the thing that you know it doesn't need to be complicated you don't need to to uh spend your hours no. in the kitchen to prepare like, you know, some, exactly and sometimes you know you've you've said look i've just got like can of beans tuna some lettuce cucumber whatever and you and you whip up this amazing salad and exactly. really it doesn't have to take long to do that it's just no. i think sometimes changing your mindset to how you should eat and not thinking, oh, this is going to take me hours in the kitchen because a salad like that would take, what, 10 minutes if that? Oh, not even, exactly. I, I always say it, it, it's uh, the important part is to have everything in the pantry, you know, to have yeah, everything in the out. fridge. So yeah. once you have the, the essentials, uh, preparing a, <laughs> a very quick and decent meal is not, you know, it's not hard at all. And And I would dare say even... You know, it's quite cheap if you have, you know, uh, a few cans of beans and, and uh, um, you know, bag of salad and, you know, whatever. Um, it's just and, – and that's what I love. It's one of my passion and I think, I think it does come quite easy to me is just looking, opening the fridge or uh, looking at what I have. Even the days where the fridge is half empty, you know, to just yeah. think, oh, what can I it's do? It's always something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I wish I wish I had that motivation, Isabella. I look at it and I go, oh, I want someone to do it for me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but once you put it together, and, and I think I would say that my style of cooking has changed a lot. So I grew up with a Spanish mother and an Italian father. Yeah. So everything that was made, my mother made everything. It wasn't like we had takeaway because I think back in those days it just really wasn't a thing. Yeah. And, you know, everything was made from scratch and it was beautiful. But I think the way we now cook is very different. Like mine is more about it being healthier. It's not a, It's not full of salt, um, sugars. And so when my mother comes to my house, she gets shocked by the way I cook. Even though I still cook Italian meals, I cook them differently. I yeah. think my take is more healthier. Oh, that's for sure. I think we've, uh, you know, we we have been influenced by diet culture and thinking that yeah. you know too much salt or too much sugar or you know carbs have been demonized <laughs> in the last few years but actually yeah. you know i think when it when you look at traditional diets you know i'm not I'm, and and also you know in in italy 
I'm not saying that all Italians eat healthy. Um, no, as I said, what what is considered a traditional Mediterranean diet is probably uh, really uh, adopted by a very small percentage of the population. Um, but I, I I think it's a it's um, it's a balance, and I'm I'm I it's I think it's very important to preserve. Uh, some of the traditions. I mean, I'm I'm not against innovation, and I'm the first one that when I cook, I do my own thing. I very rarely um, follow a recipe. Um, mm. While my mom was more uh, a stickler for, uh, um, you know, for for following a recipe to to the T and for Dean. Oh no, you can't do that. Otherwise, it's not it's not what uh, my mother used to do, and and things like that. Um, but and, and and I mean it's normal that life evolves, right? So recipes will evolve. Um, of but I always when I'm in doubt, and you know, because I am part of this nutrition and wellness uh, world, you often get confused by all these new trends and uh, new research, and and everybody's got a different opinions. And you know, some people say that vegan is best, and the others are, uh, you know, red meat. Is is best, then it's gonna, you know. Then you it's have very, to. It's, it is very confusing, and for someone who isn't in the industry, like sometimes it gets very frustrating because it's constantly being flashed um, to you on social media or on the news, and it's like, well, okay, so they tell me I should eat this, and then the next day you shouldn't eat that because that could cause cancer, and it just gets very, very confusing and frustrating. But that's exactly, and that's exactly why I got into health coaching to start with. That's one one part of it, um, and it's very interesting. And I would like, and and that's part of my mission as well, is to demystify all this. And you know, I think I think having, uh, yeah, having a simple approach, and also coming, uh, and this is I think where my Italian backgrounds comes to the fore. It's just I always think, well. You know, in Italy, uh, say, for example, with this no carb uh, or demonizing carbs, you know, I've always thought, but hold on, you know, Italians have eaten pastas and breads for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, Yes, we're not perfect. And yes, there is obesity and people are overweight and there is diabetes as well. But I mean, compared to all the other nations in the world, we're not, we're not very high, I don't think. Um. And so I go back and think, so what? what is it? Of course, if you have some intolerances or are celiac, you know, if there are medical reasons, that's a different thing. But in general, I would say it's the advantages of a traditional diet, of something that is simple. It's not, you know, it's not uh, made in a factory. Um, and it's done with care. And it's part of a balanced lifestyle, uh, you know, with no, as I said, no chemical addictive, nothing that makes you crave, you know, like with this uh, ultra-processed food. Um, yeah, preservatives. Yeah, preser- I mean, that is made on purpose by scientists to, to make you hooked, you know, yeah. with a balance of salt and fat and sweet. Um, if you... Oh, 
go on a little bit of a tangent, just a small one. <laughs> Stop me if I talk too much. But when I went, I was an exchange student in the state um, in the late 80s. And I went and I was worried. I was 17 when I went. And, you know, I had heard about American food and the junk food and everything. And I was worried to put on weight. And um, I spent the first two months not, eat, not eating very much at all. I started to eat what I thought was uh, healthy, um, which, you know, if you remember the late 80s, there was a lot of cereals and, you know, rice cakes and things like yes. that, which now I know was the worst food I could eat for myself personally, yeah. for my body. Um, but anyway... And then, you know, just in general, you have to survive. And I started to, you know, feel more at home. Um, but I did start to put on a lot of weight. And um, what happened at the end of my year in Florida um, was that not only I went home more than 10 kilo heavier than when I wow. arrived, but what I had lost was my taste buds. So I... I went home and I remember my mom saying, don't worry, you know, you just don't worry about the weight. It's going to fall off. You just go back to your normal way of eating and your normal lifestyle, which was true. But what I didn't realize was that I had lost my taste buds and I could not taste my mom's cooking like I used to. And I lost, yeah, I lost the pleasure for the simplicity of Italian food, which which is one of the main, you know, it's one of the main characteristics, really. We don't use a lot of sauces and, uh, uh, yeah. you know, yes, there the can be spices, but, but in general, it's a very fresh, very simple way of cooking. I had lost all of that and that was a big surprise. And then I started reflecting on it and you realize that uh, already back then, so in the late 80s, um, even if I tried my best to eat a healthy diet, I was exposed to a lot of food enhancing chemicals and addictives and, you know, all that smoky barbecue and things like that, even though I was trying to avoid it. And you can imagine, so that was me, you know, 12 months or 10 months in the States, I can see what ultra processed food can do to other people's, you know, now. Yeah. So you, you just eat that and you cannot appreciate, not only you don't appreciate, uh, you know, a fresh bit of food, but also it plays with your hormones. You know, you don't, you keep feeling hungry. You don't feel full. And um, you, you get addicted to it. That was my spiel about my American, uh, my American yeah. experience. And it's really sad. It's really sad that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, luckily, you don't have to eat like that. And you have, you know, you, you obviously are a wonderful cook and you're inspiring other women in the middle years as well to, you know, to balance a healthy mindset and a diet yeah. Um, do you do you find a lot of women that come to you come to you with a with an issue with their diets more so than you know maybe their their mental state of mind? Like, what what are you finding is more yes. alarming? Well, I'm, I'm well, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of unhappiness with weight um, 
with yeah. women. Which, Especially you know, with menopause. Yes. And in a way, you know, I say unfortunately because, again, if we, ta- if we talk about you know, about body image problems like we were talking about before. It's sad that we always have to judge ourselves and feel that we're not Mm. enough and that we have to shed weight. But on the other hand, you know, if you are unhappy uh, with your weight, um, you know, it's, it's a good way to make a decision to try and do something about it. And, uh, you know, especially as you said, in the menopause year in midlife, it can be, uh, exacerbating you know problems that you might be um you know hormonal problems that you might be experiencing and also you don't want to you know start putting on weight now and then you know reaching uh older age with you know extra weight which will uh, um, you know will hinder um any um any possibility of having a good life later on. So yes, that is that is one of the main problems I see. Um, often mental sort of you know mental states are not. Um, I don't think women, unless unless they are really struggling, uh, you know, they see at. at a sudden change in their well-being and in their, you know, say they get depressed, uh, suddenly depressed because of uh, of the menopause. I think, yes, then they realize. But generally they come to me with physical problems. And, um, you know, it's being a health coach is wonderful because it's not, it's, uh, I'm not a nutritionist, so it's not uh, always a food first approach. I can't, prescribed diets and I don't want to um Mm. we it's a case by case it's it's very individual everybody's different and that's the beauty of of uh uh you know working one-on-one with with clients everybody's different um I would say the first thing that I work with with a woman in midlife is to understand you know, to see where she is, of course, and then understand why it's important to take care of yourself. Because we, as women, often don't realize, we think we are doing everything right. Uh, We think we are looking after ourselves. We think we have no stress sometimes. And then then you realize that actually you're putting yourself last, you know, Uh, even though sometimes at our age, your, your kids, you know, sometimes I've already left the house but yeah. there is always a very big emotional burden I think uh that no especially we, being a mother definitely oh goodness, yeah that we have yeah. to deal with so I would say that is I am realizing now after quite a few years in this field in health coaching that the the main obstacle to to women and men sometimes because I have coached men recently um, to, you know, people people know what they have to do or they think they know what they have to do anyway. As, as we said before, there's so much information out there. Um, much of it is contrasting and confusing. So people always say to me, oh, my goodness, I, I know what I have to do. I'm doing everything right. Uh, so, you know, they're like defensive. but <laughs> but you know the weight is not coming off or i have this problem and that problem and i think that you know the i'm i'm realizing that the main obstacle is stress 
as in uh, you know yeah it can have many forms uh but just this uh constant worry or anxiety i would say maybe even more than stress there's an underlying anxiety it can be it can have many reasons but i would say it's the number one barrier to improving uh lifestyle and once you you can try and get through that uh in many ways then you can start working on other aspects especially you know the physical part and uh yeah yeah so i i personally think that i've come to an age where you know i i can't and i shouldn't want to look like i'm 20 anymore exactly. and of course my body doesn't look like that anymore so it's coming to understand yourself in a new stage of life you know that this is this is what 53 looks like for you and keep looking after yourself and you know what if you have a roll on your belly or your breasts sag well that's that's life but don't I think for me I, I constantly work on don't compare yourself that is something that I work on all the time so don't spiral into this I guess not a depression, but feeling really low about myself because I feel I don't look like other people. No. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I try and eat clean. I try and exercise, but obviously my body is older now, so I can't expect it to do the same things that it used to do, but it's that acceptance. It's accepting who you are. And that's why I think people like yourself who are coaching people, I am a big advocate for coaching. I think it's an amazing thing. I think everyone should have one Um, to really be able to talk about how you feel and not have, not speak to your friends or your family because, you know, they're not going to give you the perspective that you actually need from someone who doesn't know you at all. So I think what you're doing is, is amazing. And, and the fact that it's also around diet um, because I think we all do need help sometimes with that. Yeah, I think I think you know. As I said, a lot of people come to me and say, "I know what I have to do," you know. Mm. But there are also a lot of common places, and you know, you can't generalize. You can't, you know, all these uh, fashions and fads that come about fasting, about you know, as I said, eliminating carbs, and yeah. there are millions, millions others. And then you know, if you can't do it, you judge yourself, and you know. And I, I. Because I do this job, I often try it on myself to see. Um, yeah. And, and then you realize that, you know, it, it doesn't work. Uh, I mean, it can work for some people, but it doesn't work for others. You, but for me, the, the most important thing that I want the, my clients, the, the people that work with me to, uh, you know, to leave uh, our sessions with, and after working with me for a while, is that the knowledge and that they have agency, that it's never too late, that you can always do, you don't need to look like anybody else. You just need to be the best version of yourself that you want. You know, it's that I think that's actually the purpose. I was thinking um, yesterday, uh, I often have this weird, lofty. (laughs) 
sort of, you know, <laughs> thoughts about life and things like that. And I, I was in the car and I thought, you know what? the purpose of life, you know, <laughs> what is my purpose and things like that. And you just think, I think it's to just, you come on this earth and whether you believe in God or whatever, you, whichever God you believe in, um, I think you, you come for a reason and which is probably different from everybody, but the main one is to just try and be the be best version of yourself uh, that you can possibly be and, and leave this world in a better place that you found. It. Um, so, you know, if, if you are bothered by, uh, you know, any body physical problems or, you know, of course, if they're medical, it's more serious, but, you know, we're talking lifestyle. There's a lot that can be done with lifestyle changes. Um, yeah you know, that people don't know. Um, even even chronic diseases can be made better. You know, that's one example is just diabetes that can be um, sort of cured by just changing your diet. So, you know, there's a lot that can be done by just small life, lifestyle changes. And yeah. it's never too late. It's never too late. You know, why wouldn't you want to age in the best possible way? You know, yeah. I can't tell you how long you're going to live, but why not do it in the best possible way you can? Um, yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to ask you, what aspects of the aging process do you find to be beautiful and inspiring? Well, I, I think I think I love the wisdom that comes with it, the more confidence that, you know, you have as you get older. Um, it's just not giving a shit, honestly. Sorry, yeah, I, it's, no, you know, no. that, that, that's sort of um, it's funny, isn't it? It's funny it how is. we all feel that way, yeah, you don't care as much, do you? No, and also, you know, as I say, with the body image problems, which unfortunately affect a lot of women. Mm. Yeah, I if I think back about my younger self, I almost want to give her a hug and think, you know, <laughs> what the why did you lose so much energy and time and you know wasted wasting thinking that you were didn't look good enough or you were not good enough. And now know. you know, I think we come to this uh, well, it's called midlife crisis, isn't it? They used to call it like that for men especially. Yeah. We're now realizing that we have <laughs> you know we have it as well and it's not it's not necessarily a crisis it's just you get to this point of life where you think well if if not now when you know and just yeah I like this I like this increased confidence and uh, wisdom and sort of uh, I mentioned before a, a sort of a bird's eye view of the situation yeah. I think you have a lot more experience that you can use for yourself and for other people. Absolutely. Well, to end the episode, I like to ask my guests, what's something that you have now in your second act that you never thought you'd have in your first act? Ooh, I, oh, I think I'll go back to what I just said. Um, I spent... And, it, and it's part of what, why I do what I do. I spent a lot of my younger years, teenage, early 20, not appreciating my body 
and what it could do and always criticizing bits of it, um, which is very sad, very sad. I, yeah. I, As I said, I was lucky enough that my mom had never had this problem. So she was, um, uh, she was very helpful, but she didn't know what to do. I never went to any extremes. You know, I didn't have any particular uh, eating disorder Sorry. or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, I do remember being really um, upset or, you know, saying no to experiences or situations just because I didn't feel good in myself. Um, and now I look back and think, wow. <laughs> and now I just, I have a lot more confidence now. I, I think I like my body a lot more now than I did back then. And I never thought I could get to this stage. And that's what I also want to, you know, encourage women to do to just appreciate themselves for, for what they have and yeah. not waste time and energy criticizing and and uh, yeah giving up uh, parts of their life because they don't think they're good enough so I think that's it's crazy I, isn't it yeah. it's crazy that we do that yeah oh, well that I loved that answer yes I completely agree with you <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time to come on and and give us the insight, especially on the Italian perspective. I think that's really interesting. I've never spoken to somebody like that before. So I wish you all the best in your business as well, because it sounds really interesting. And I'm going to put in my show notes the link to your website oh, and your you. wonderful Instagram page, because it's. Um, I like getting a few ideas of the different things that you make. It well, it encourages me. <laughs> to be a better cook, believe it or not. I think, oh, I must save Isabella's little recipe. And I think that's what I love. I'm, I'm always saving people's recipes. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it's all do. on my phone. And when I can't think of what to make, I just have a little flick. So, well, if you need, if you. You need anything, let me know. <laughs> I, I definitely will. Oh, you're more than welcome to come here and cook for me. So next oh. time you're in Australia visiting your son, we yeah. must meet up. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Okay, well, all the best, Isabella. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Your Second Act. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram for more content and updates.